What's going on, man? Now that the see, I told you I talk different during the podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I try not to have that stripper fucking DJ voice. Um, you can swear on my podcast. You can do whatever, man. I'm I'm super excited to have you here, honestly, dude. I told people that I'm gonna have famous people on my podcast. Do you think you're famous? <laughs> uh, not really, but I did get a text uh, this morning from a random girl I haven't talked to in like four years. Oh, I see you post about that. Yeah. She was like, "Hey, this is uh Andy from like your genetics class four years ago. You know, I save people's numbers in my phone. I'm like." Sure, sure. Well, let's go with that. I mean, you can you find have my... a lot of people hitting you up now that you're kind of the face of this nor- legal North. Uh, see, That's yeah, legal legalized marijuana, North, legalized North Dakota, legalizing marijuana. Um, you were the chairman. How did you? How did you become involved with that? So it's about a four-year process. So basically, it starts back in 2000 and call it 15, when we had the first round of recreational marijuana and the uh, medicinal bill. And a buddy of mine named Eric Olson out of Fargo, wonderful man wrote a recreational bill, and it had some flaws, but we went out and we collected signatures for it. And um, basically, we didn't quite get enough, and Eric said, you know what, I'm burned out. I ran a signature drive for seven months. I had to take six months off my job. Eric did. So I'm going to basically pass it off to someone who's competent. Um, who wants to do it? And, uh, you know, the old scene in the cartoons where everyone takes a step back, yeah, yeah. And the last guy standing is taking the step forward as far as the drill sergeant is concerned. So nobody wanted to do it. Yeah. Uh, nobody wanted to run the entire effort. So I was like, well, I guess that's me. Why do you think nobody wanted to do it? Like, you think there's a lot of people that are speaking up right now. There's a lot of burnout. people that are becoming. It's burnout. So there's one thing to speak about this. There's another thing to go all over God's green earth and hundreds of volunteers and all that jazz. We had over 100 plus volunteers across the entire state. And we really only had four people managing all that. Um, I like to say it should have been a full-time job that wasn't a full-time job. And basically, it's burnout. When you're traveling all over the state, I did... What are you getting for it? Do you get anything to do this? I mean, people donate money and no, stuff, correct? No, the, the total amount of compensation I've taken out of the fund is about $200, which doesn't even cover my gasoline. Um, because every time I go to... You've seen the car. I drive an SUV. Nice. To and from Bismarck is 100 bucks for me, roughly. Um, and I've done four trips to Bismarck so far. Okay. So basically, I pulled out enough to cover two times where I didn't have enough money for gas, personally. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I don't receive anything from this. All the donations go to either building money for direct mail or building money for the things we need. So, like, TV is going to be expensive. And when you buy TV, you don't just buy one ad. You create a credit with the company. So let's say we wanted to be on Fox, all right? We'd send Fox installments, and then once we had enough in our kitty, they'd say, okay, here's how much you have reserved. What do you want? And we would be able to spend it as we have it. Um, that's what we've been trying to do with the donations. But, yeah, I was the only one that was willing to really do it. Okay. Oh, that's crazy, man. I mean, a lot of people – I know there's a lot of, like, closet people that are all for pro-weed, and they would this and that with their jobs test. And, like me, like my job – I have two jobs that both test. You know what I mean? So yeah. coming out and actually sitting down with you, and it's like, I feel like I'm going to get a random drug test as soon as I get back to work, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I'm pro-weed, and I'm pro-weed for a lot of reasons, but in the end, I think it just, people just, if you want to sit down and smoke a joint and chill out, like, you can go and get drunk, but you can't smoke a joint, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's all this, it's a stupid nonsense, uh, you know, plants illegal, but. Yeah, it's a ridiculous double standard. Um, so, fun fact, you want to know what the penalty is for a DUI, roughly? about 500 bucks and maybe a couple days in prison and usually if you go to court and you plead it down they'll give you a reckless driving 
Um, you want to know what the penalty is for marijuana? I know what it is, but go ahead. It's long. Um, you know what it is. So the point is, you can literally be in a position where you could kill a family of five, and you're looking at a $500 fine. But you've got less than a gram of marijuana, and you can be going to jail for 30 to 60 days. It's absurd. It makes no sense. It doesn't make sense fiscally, because then if you go to jail for 30 days, spoiler alert, you will lose your job. So when you tell people this shit, so I tell people too, I'm like, alcohol, I told you, I, I can go down to the store right now, buy a bottle of alcohol and be dead in an hour, right? Yeah. I can buy a bottle of aspirin and be dead in 30 minutes. But I can't go buy weed, you can't get weed, or, you know, it's just so taboo. I think that's a big thing. And like, to bring back around to what we were talking about, uh, all these, the people that support her, people like, you were the one that stepped up and did it, and that's awesome. That's why you're famous to me, Dave. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't, yeah. you, you don't feel like you're famous, do you? I run into people at the bar who start to know who I am that so I don't know. You're Grand Forks famous, man. Yeah. Or North Dakota. You're going to be North Dakota famous if you're not already. Yeah. For real. I think you're doing an awesome thing. Like you said, you don't get shit for compensation. You're out there busting your ass. Uh, we'll get into all. We'll get into some more stuff here in a minute. Like, I wanted to actually. You brought up media and buying TV. Uh, does the local news? Do they sway one? Do you do you see agendas? Do you see them swaying one way? Do you ever see them post? They're not post, but like. Say post because I'm so social media so, based. But no, I get what you're saying. So it's weird. Um, traditionally, people think conservative media is dominated by air game, and liberal media is dominated by TV game. In North Dakota, it's almost reverse. So every single radio station has treated me very well. Um, even the most conservative station in North Dakota, the Flag, has been very nice and very fair. Not only wrong, the Flag and I have had some disagreements, but they've been nice and fair. So we've been treated wonderfully on radio. Do you want weed to be legal in North Dakota? You're going to run into some disagreements now. <laughs> on, on TV, however, we can't, we can't get booked. Um, and they'll play gotcha moments. Like, it took us six months to get on Chris Burke, um, point of view in Fargo. TV really does not want to book us for whatever reason. Taboo, you think? They just don't want to touch it. I, I think it's an agenda thing. Um, because, to be honest with you, giving you airtime is giving you time to argue for something. And the best way to stop, to kill a campaign dead, is to not give them any airtime. Because for every minute I don't have TV, is a minute I have to spend to buy TV. But even negative publicity is still publicity. Right, which is why, yeah, so even if they try and put me on and make me look stupid, well, maybe there's a hundred people that didn't know what we're trying to do, and now they know. And I think TV is controlled in such a way that they don't want me on for whatever reason. Radio is more than happy to so have you get on radio a lot, but you just don't get on TV a lot. We average radio once to, one to two times a week, and we've been averaging that over seven months. You got some TV time recently, though, when you guys yep. turned in the ballots or whatever. So yep. that's the reason I want you on right now is because I wanted you on sooner. I wanted yeah, you on so that I, I, I apologize get, for that. No, 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 that even <laughs> – no, you were still after. I wanted you on before the ballots – before the ballot, before the – Submission. The submission. That yeah. way maybe we get some last – some people can listen to this and maybe get some last, uh, last minute subs or whatever and – uh, my neck injury shit had been holding me back. You're yeah. freaking busy. Like, you apologized to me for not being able to be on my show, and you had to go where? To Fargo to be on, like, Fo not Fox, uh, what uh, was on the news in Fargo. D-A-Y, right? D-A-Z, the mighty KFGO, all of them. Um, I mean... <laughs> I, I have spent so much time in those more, studios. They're a little more important than the Dave cast. You know what I'm saying? I, and it, and it, it's, I'm seriously, man. I'm so excited to have you yeah. here. Like, you're in my home right now. Yeah. Like, I invite you in, and we're going to sit here and have one a of the, conversation. One of the biggest things, though, in Grand Forks was, um, shout-outs to Discontent. Um, they helped us so much. Uh, Katie is a wonderful person. Our entire ground game in Grand Forks was done by, like, four people. Um, 
Katie. What is discontent? I've never discontent been is a kidding. shop. It's a total joke. I know it's like called a head shop or a smoke shop or whatever. I yeah, know what dis- I know what discontent. It's it's is. a wonderful shop. Um, the owner is super nice, and they were the only person who would carry our petition in the beginning. So when we were first trying to find people in Grand Forks to carry the petition, we wanted to make it simple. We didn't want to have to have it people out on the pavement at minus 20 degrees. Hey, come sign at street corner, blah, 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 in the blizzard. How hard is it to get like a local business to hold a petition for legalizing um, marijuana? So we knocked on almost every single store, and the only people that were receptive to us was Brick and Barley said, I won't have it, but I won't care if a person's in here with it. And that was that applied to level 10 and O'Reilly's or O'Reilly's? You know O'Reilly's, what I'm talking about. O'Reilly's, O'Reilly's. I know, yeah, I don't know. Um, O'Reilly's. The coffee shop downtown was the same way. Um, obviously, the one owned by the Christian church was not a fan. Um, and one tattoo place in town said they'd have it. Every single other place either laughed at us or told us no. Like, hard no. Like, no, no uncertain terms, no. Why do you think they say no so hard? Like, what do you think they're scared of? That taboo thing. They don't want yeah, people to the, know that the, they're affiliated with marijuana. I oh, think, my God. I think what they were afraid of was they were waiting for a punch that was never coming. They thought the cops were going to come in and bust their stores and make their lives miserable if they had our petition. You know the saddest thing when you say that? People still think that negatively about marijuana. They think like, oh my God, if I have some weed, the cops are going to kick down my door. I have a lot of friends that are civilian cops, military cops. I was a cop, dude. I demonized weed for a long time. Yeah. If I ran into you like from high school or something and when I, while I was a military cop... And I, you're like, dude, I'll just go smoke weed or whatever. And I'm just like, yes, yeah, so high school, man. You still smoke weed? What's wrong with you? And it just, I joined the military at 17, man. And I didn't, yeah. mess, I didn't mess, I smoked weed two or three times in high school. Didn't like it. Got caught mouth, felt like I was cutting weight for wrestling. And I got hungry, felt like I was cutting weight for wrestling. And I was probably shitty weed. And it was always in the backseat of some car somewhere where there was nothing to drink and nothing to eat. Yeah. So my experience with weed in high school was terrible. And I was a jock. Uh, my old man found out he'd kick my ass kind of thing. So, I stayed away from it, man. I had friends yeah. that were, I had friends that overdid weed in high school, and they dropped out of high, they dropped out of school. Maybe it wasn't the weed. Who knows what it would have been? But I watched them do that. Yeah, it's it spooked me a little. The problem is, you have one or two bad experiences, and you don't look at it and go, "Is that the person or is that the weed?" And edibles, bro. Like somebody, you know, I don't think a lot of people have a bad experience with edibles because they do the whole thing where like, I'm gonna pop, I'll pop 50 milligrams, and then you know, see what happens. One 50 is a lot for a beginner. But I'm just saying, and all of a sudden, half an hour goes by, and they're like, I don't feel shit, man. And then they pop another one, and next thing you know, they're in fucking outer space. Four bars of chocolate later. Um, I had a buddy tell me a story. This is ridiculous. He ate, he made a batch of brownies, ate one, uh, got high as fuck, got the munchies, so he ate the rest of the brownies. <laughs> mistake. That is just dumb. Like, come on now, though. Rookie mistake. <laughs> like, you would eat those brownies and be so high, you would know. Like, you'd look at that pan and be like, I can't have another one of those. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. I don't know. Um... But yeah, I think I think something that you said there was I think something you said there was very interesting, where you said maybe it was them, maybe it was the weed. I don't know. Um, when you're talking about your friends that dropped out, and I think that's the real thing. I think a lot of the quote-unquote things we attribute to marijuana are people problems, not pot problems. So I think they probably would have dropped out anyway, and you just saw they happened to start using marijuana around the same time they were thinking about leaving. You know what I, I mean? think McDonald's is way more dangerous than where I'm on is. Yeah, I, I would agree I think with cheeseburgers that. are way more dangerous. I think the way people eat, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I try to be healthy. I love food, too, though. But I try to be really healthy. But I think it's just a plant is illegal. You can go to jail for a long time and pay a lot. It's just Yeah, and, and it's absurd. Um, but, yeah, Grand Forks has been really receptive. What is your biggest opposition? Like, when someone, when you say, I'm pro-weed, sign this petition, 
what do you get? Like, what is what is the best defense when somebody says something? Are they afraid, like, once it goes legal, there'll be more for kids to get their hands on, easier? To, to be honest with you, the best defense to start with is the fact that I can sit down and have a conversation. You would be amazed how low the expectations are for the guy who is endorsing marijuana. Like, they are amazed I can put together a thought. <laughs> um... And that usually takes them back, the fact that I can complete so a sentence. there's going to be some stoner dude that shows up, and he's yeah. just like, hey, man, let's talk about weed, bro. Yeah. So, so the fact that I put together a sentence is all obviously a help. That you're educated. Do you ever watch debates on YouTube? Like, Rogan will do it. Two chains, yeah. like, schooled that one chick. I can't remember what it was on. Yeah. She, like, was like, I'm going to school this dumb rapper, and all of a sudden he's all educated and talking. Yeah. And, then that, and that's step one. Um, step two is basically then you start talking to him. Like, for example, you point out the DUI hypocrisy. The fact that we talked about earlier, the fact that we can literally drive down the road and potentially kill a family of five for a $500 fine versus 30 to 60 days in jail. And when you talk to people, you start talking about the financial figures. So do you know how much it costs to incarcerate a person for one year in the state of North Dakota? Roughly. I don't even know, but it's a lot. It's 41000 a year. You know how much it costs to send four kids to UND for a year? A lot. 32000 32000 So we can send roughly four to five kids to UND for a year for every single person we're putting in prison. And let, let's look at what putting someone in prison for pot accomplishes. Because it accomplishes a lot of things, none of them positive. The first thing it accomplishes is they've got a felony on their record or a big charge on their record, which means that when they apply for a job, they're going to struggle. The second thing it does is it means that if they're young, they are now ineligible for student loans in the vast majority of cases, um, which means they can't go to school, they can't better themselves, and they're trapped. The third thing it does is if they've got kids or a family, you've taken away one of the providers, and in many cases the sole provider for that family, and so now you put the kids on welfare and dependent on the state. And you have created an underclass of citizens that probably costs you between forty to 50000 the year they're in prison, and then 20000 every year after that, when they should be going to work the next day. If you're so stoned that you can't go to work the next day, then your boss should call and yell at you, and you shouldn't do it again. You get fired eventually. Just yeah. like drinking. You show up drunk every day to work, eventually they're going to can your ass. Yeah. Right? Same difference. If but I in, show up stoned every day, just can my ass. But I in general... more about the, the working thing, too. Like, but in general, 99.9% .9 of all people, that is not the case. They smoke, and then they're fine to go to work the next day. And as I like to say, if someone was stoned, they should be going to work tomorrow, not going to the penitentiary. Dude, I know so many people that are hungover every day of the freaking week when they get to work. Yeah, we all do. So many people that are hungover still at work the next day. And the They're named is, Chad. You can get as high as a fucking kite <laughs> the night before, high as you want. And the next morning, you're going to wake up feeling just fine. Right, and you're going to be able to be productive and go to work. Exactly. Um, now, should an employer have the right to say, hey, we don't want you doing it on the off time? Yeah, they should. So that's my question. So... North Dakota is a right-to-work state, right? Yeah, well... I work, I work for PS Doors Manufacturing. They can come down and be like, Dave, we don't like you. We don't want you to work here anymore. I can't sue them or anything. They can actually fire me for no reason. Um, is that not correct? That's what I've been told. You are partially incorrect. So they cannot fire you for one of four reasons. They cannot fire you because, Dave, you're a guy. So they couldn't fire you because, strictly because you're a guy. They cannot fire you strictly because you're white or Asian or whatever. You're white. Um, you can't, how do you know that? It's in, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. How you're Dave. You're like, Dave. I'm super white. You're okay. Dave from South Dakota. I think I'm covered. Okay. That's <laughs> the, terrible stereotyping, but go ahead. But I'm accurate. Go the ahead. third <laughs> thing is um, they cannot fire you because of your service in the military. They cannot say, Dave, you went and served overseas, so we're firing you. And in some states, although not North Dakota, they cannot fire you because you're gay. 
Um, North Dakota, that one doesn't apply. They cannot fire you strictly because you're disabled unless your disability affects your ability to do a job. So for example, let's say you had a speech impediment and they said, Dave, we don't like the way you talk. Well, they couldn't fire you for that unless talking was a part of your job. For sure. So if you were a newscaster, they could fire you if yeah. you had a speech impediment. You don't, but this theoretical someday person. Someday you wake up with a, I'm, they, I have a podcast, bro. I'm like a, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm going to wake up someday with a stutter and be like, my podcast days are over. Fuck. Yeah. But I already have enough speech impediments, man. I say so many nonverbals and we Anyway, yeah, so, but those. But so, if you showed up with marijuana in your system, they could theoretically order a test and fire you. The same way they could theoretically fire you if they, if you had alcohol point zero 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 five. But the theory. test is the problem, though. You know what I'm saying? So if I show up, if I smoked weed tonight, and I get, and the, then the, I show up, the, to, I show up to work tomorrow, stone sober. That's stone sense. cold sober. Yeah, stone cold sober. Right. Um, that weeds in my system two weeks the, to a month, the depending problem, on how active, depending on some things, but it's in my system The for a problem while. is not the test. The problem is the stigma with the test. Because what your employer does not understand or chooses not to understand is that that test does not indicate whether or not you are sober at the time of work. It indicates whether you've used the substance in the past 30 days. And so once they understand what these tests are really doing... But you I can start, be fired for that, though. Yeah, but yeah. the same thing you could be fired for being on the street or having a photo of you and a buddies with cans of beer on your porch. You can be fired for that? Yeah, it's they can fire you for any reason. Oh, you're saying for any reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're kind of bringing back the whole thing I was bringing up is that how do you... But I think what they're going to learn is the tests are getting much better. The tests, I'm not against drug testing at work at all. Yeah. I think it's great. I don't want to be working next to a guy who's cooked yeah. up. And what they've got is... For example, in Michigan now, they've got a little, one of those Crest-like Oral-B white strips. That's not what it is, but it's like that. You know the little thing you put on your tongue? Yes. And it dissolves and it changes color and releases flavor? Yeah, yeah. Well, what they have is they have something similar to that. You put it on your tongue and it changes colors, basically, if you've used marijuana in the past two hours. Isn't there a lot of things? I've read about this. I'm, I'm dumb, but just listen. Isn't there a lot of, there's a lot of factors that affect that, correct? I've heard. Like, depending on, if I drink, you're just now drinking water, your saliva is going to be diluted, and I don't know. How accurate is that test? That test is confident enough that they're accurate for two hours. Um, they will know whether or not you've done it in the past two hours, confidently. For now, sure. they think it can go up to four to eight, but they know for a fact it works for two. Dude, I see people all the time, and I'm like, is this guy stoned? Like, he, mm -hmm. they, people look stoned, but you can look tired, red eyes. Yeah. And, I mean, it ain't, doesn't mean they're necessarily stoned. And I think what employers are going to do is they're going to shift from the piss test, blood test, hair test, because it's very expensive for them. Those tests do, are not cheap. So, PS Doors, we do randoms, and they don't tell us how often they are... Um, for a while, I get. For a while, they were almost. You could predict when they were coming, and now they've been a little off, or whatever. Uh, I haven't been back to work for six months, so I don't even know. But they're pretty. They're just random, and they pop up. Right. Whenever but the test they're doing is either a piss test, a blood test, or a hair test. Piss usually. test is what we do. And those are expensive because you got to ship it to a lab. You got to pay the lab to analyze the results. And by the time you get the answer, to be honest with you, it's been two weeks anyway. Yeah. Um. But with these little white strips, what the company's going to realize is they're cheaper. They're instant. And I think that's what they're going to shift to. The standard is going to shift because they're not going to see it as an illegal substance anymore. Well, here's the thing. It's a culture <clears throat> issue. And this is what I bring up when I talk to people about the legalization of it is when it becomes legal, it's just like drinking a beer, right? Can my job come down and say, Dave, you can't drink beer this weekend? Yes, you know they many, can. I know they can. <laughs> Do you know how many fucking people would be so mad if you said that? Like, you guys aren't allowed to all drink this, and they're all lake people. They're like, what? We go to yeah. the lake and we drink. Like, it would be a culture issue, and I yeah. think the culture will change. I think it's well, already think changing. First, you think it, I'm almost positive at first PS Doors is still going to be like, no, you guys can't smoke weed yet. Like, if you want to work here, you just can't do it. Yeah. Until, until things are... And I, and I actually think everyone working at PS Doors, wages will actually increase as a result. 
because what we've seen happen is when when you put rules on an employee, the employee's wages rise. So if PS Doors doesn't want anyone who's used marijuana in the past 30 days, that's their prerogative. They will ultimately have to pay you more money in order to ensure that because there's going to be a much smaller worker pool. The supply of labor is going to go down while demand is going to stay the same, so it's going to be better off. If you're an employee of a company that wants to continue drug testing after drugs are legalized, you will likely see your pay go up. That's so, cool. I never thought of it that way. That is pretty neat. So that that's just another thing that you talk about when people well, bring PS up drug stores, testing. You, we get a freebie with weed, though, at PS stores. So. Yeah. Never had to use mine. There's a bunch of guys there who have, so they're all like, oh, I'm moving my last fucking strike. You know what I mean? So they yeah. stay away from it or whatever they do. I don't know. But, you know, that's cool that they give us a freebie on the, yeah. on the weed. I don't know about other hard and, and I think what that shows is I think that shows a willingness to be flexible on it. Well, they're cool, too. So, like, if let's say I'm, I've had, I just had neck surgery, man. All, all of a sudden, I'm just addicted to pain pills, and I have a problem, and I'm buying heroin on the street because it's cheaper than pain pills. If I go to my boss and I say, hey, man, I have a drug problem, and I need help, they'll help you. You know, that's the cool thing yeah. about PS stores. I love that job. They're small town, homegrown. They started in 1974 here in Grand Forks. So they get it. Yeah. yeah, they get it. Very, they're still conservative people. This whole fucking state is super conservative. So for it to get, you hear so, like not looking at me like that, but like the people, well, it's, it's the groups. You know, what I, I mean? think like, I, I surround myself with a lot of right people. I think con- I think conservatism and the right wing is often given a bad rap on these types of shows and all that because when you look at the real right wing, you don't have you have people who fundamentally believe government should not really be in my life. Government shouldn't be telling me what to do unless I'm harming people. And I think Commissioner Gehrig, who we all know who he is in North Dakota, very conservative. Tony Gehrig? I don't know who he is. Uh, Fargo City Commissioner, always ranting about uh, trying to end property tax in the city. Think about your archetypal, like, small-town fiscal conservative. It's Tony. Wonderful guy. And he came out and spoke at our fundraiser and said, look, there's no reason, not if you're a conservative, not to support this. It doesn't make sense financially what we're doing, and it doesn't make sense from a social freedom standpoint. So I think a lot of conservatives are really changing their opinions on this. Why do you think it's illegal still? I mean, we go balls deep into like pharmaceutical companies. I think the I think the real reason it's illegal is because governments lag behind society in terms of culture. Because think about it: in order to get into government, you typically have to serve at the state level for a couple of years. You then have to serve as a junior member at the federal level, and by the time you're a senior guy, you've been in the system for 20 years. So Rand Paul today, as an example, because we're talking about conservatives. Yeah, yeah. Rand Paul today like is a junior senator. He's only been there for six years compared to Mitch McConnell, who has been there forever. And at the end of the day, Rand does not have the influence yet to advance his agenda while Mitch does. And so what you see is Rand Paul is a reflection of where you and I are at and where most Americans, I think, are at on a lot of issues. And you see the America move. You see the country moving in his direction in a lot of ways, and the reason you see that is because the people of our generations, the people we pick, are starting to be old enough that they're now having positions and titles. But government will inherently, by design, lag about twenty years behind. That's what I tell most people when it comes to weed: is like the old dinosaurs that thought it was bad for you and whatever. It's dying off. I, I don't. I don't even think. Or being educated. Maybe. I don't even think the quote unquote dinosaurs are against it. Um, John Boehner, as an example, is now a lobbyist for the cannabis industry. Yeah, John- I talked to a seventy-year-old Vietnam veteran for about forty-five minutes the other day, and he talked about everything from Vietnam to fucking fighting war, to pussy, to playing sports, all the way to like he thinks that weed should be legal. Yeah, and he, he thinks it's just stupid, and he wasn't even. I didn't really smoke that much dope and this and that and blah blah blah. Yeah. And he's talking. He's telling me how they were. <laughs> A guy offered him 
weed when he was in uh, in Vietnam. Like, just, hey, man, you need to smoke this to chill out or something. And I don't know. It was yeah. such awesome stories. And it's so cool to hear a guy like him. He's got tons of medical issues. I'm sure he would love just his... I, I, I think... I think it's just it's slow to adapt because no one ever was okay with publicly saying, "Yeah, I break the law." Um, Dude, and a lot I of people guys, still OG guys that have been smoking weed for a long time since they can remember. I know guys, right? And to them, it's taboo. You don't talk about it unless you're yeah. in our, unless you're in my little circle and you come over and we smoke. Yeah. And then at work, they don't mention it. They don't bring it up. You talk about weed, they won't even. You know, what I mean, you're like, man, I think weed should be legal. And sometimes they don't even have. They don't even want to put their opinion out there on that yeah, because they're I, just oh, they're just down low. They don't want no one to know. Yeah, dude, I fucking sit and talk about weed so much. I don't know how I haven't yeah. been drug tested tons I, of times. I'm just I, open about everything. I ran into a guy at the Hub, which we're in Grand Forks, and I assume your listeners are in Grand Forks. But for those who aren't, the Hub is a little bar downtown, and this seventy-year-old, sixty-seven-year-old guy, maybe early sixties, comes over and pats me on the back and buys me a drink and starts talking about how marijuana used to be in this town in the eighties. Um, and he said exactly what you're saying. They don't talk about it. You just did it, and you didn't talk about it. He said, marijuana used to be viewed the same way that gay marriage was. In my generation, we all knew that the guy was gay. No one talked about it, and you let him do his business. You didn't see it. You didn't hear it. And at the end of the day, he kept it to himself, and we kept it to ourselves. People don't, like you were just talking about how you can, like, the, the, the gap between the culture and our government, right? Like, you just see it, like, people don't get it. Like, less than 50 years ago, black people couldn't vote, or, you know what I mean? Like, there was still yeah. all that craziness. <laughs> Women couldn't vote. Like, it wasn't that long ago. Like, people act like this, like, we've moved along really, like, farther than we have. And we really <laughs> haven't. But it's all a fucking mindfuck because of all the technology and how fast and how much we're advancing now so, because of technology and the passing along of information. And I think what the internet has allowed is for people to be a lot more open without fear of getting caught. The internet has definitely helped pro-weed, right? Because think about it. If I'm on the internet, the odds of the government knocking on my door are virtually zero. All right, Unless I'm on a, a pedophile or dealing meth, they're never going to check my browser and come find me. Which has allowed people to be a lot more open about it. And I think once society became open about it and everybody realized that nobody was following the law in the first place, and, and that's just a statistical fact, the majority of Americans do not follow the marijuana law. It's yeah. just the way the numbers work, um, especially in our generation. I think once everybody realized that everyone's doing it anyway, it didn't make sense to keep prosecuting it. So how do you crack into those OG smokers that don't want to talk about it? I mean, they go vote. That's the place to do it, right? Oh, in, yeah. In the booth. Like, nobody's watching you there, man. Well, they here's the vote. thing. And, um, God, what's his name? Said it best. The guy who did the Columbine documentary, the real far left guy. The guy, I think it's Michael Moore? Mostly like Michael Moore. That Columbine documentary makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. <sighs> and so basically what he said when he was talking about Donald Trump is he said, these polls are wrong and here's why. Because people have demonized this, vilified it, and made it, and made it so that you can't publicly say what you think. So people will lie to you in public. People will lie to you at the dinner table. People will lie to you on the news. The only place people won't lie to you is in the ballot box. And that's why we saw medical marijuana in this state pass with 65-66% of the vote. I voted for it. It won in, it won in every single county, every single district, almost every single town. By any metric you want to use, medical marijuana won everywhere. So why don't we have it? Where is it? Let's hear that. So <laughs> I think, no, we, this is a perfect segue, right? Um, where is it? Do you have somewhere to be, or are we just going to do this? No, I, I got to call it like 2.45. Don't worry about it. If, if I'm running late, I'm running late. At the, okay. end, at the end of the day, they work for me. Um, We're getting to the gist of shit anyway. I thought we'd sit so, around and bull, bullshit some more, but we've so, been... 
we've been doing all that already. So, so yeah, go ahead. Medical marijuana. What happened was the bill was slightly defective by design. Um, so they made some mistakes, like anybody does. Like when a citizen who's not a lawyer is writing law, they're going to make mistakes. And the bill, the state legislature will argue, was unworkable and fundamentally broken from the start. Um, and there is some truth to that. For example, they didn't remove it from Schedule 1. You can't have a medical substance be Schedule 1. So there is some truth to that. There's also a lot of truth to the fact that people didn't want to do it, so they dragged their heels. Um, Who didn't want to do it? Like old conservative guy? I, mean, we, we, I keep putting labels on people. I hate We really hate don't know. Right we really don't know who. Um, here's what we do know. It was voted to be suspended by virtually everybody. Democrat, Republican, they all voted to suspend it initially to fix the things that were fatal by design. So not removing it from Schedule 1, the fact that your doctor had to literally violate federal HIPAA law in order to prescribe it to you, and a couple other things. They stopped it for six months to fix. Then they handed it off to the health department. And from this day to now, the delays are the health department, not the legislature. So the legislature delayed it about three to six months, but some bureaucrat in the health department who is not elected, is unnamed, and is responsible for it, is the real person causing the delays. And I don't know who that is. So what do they say when you're like, the people have spoken, blah, blah, blah. Like, what do they say to you? Well, the problem is when you call for a bureaucracy to do something filled with unelected, unaccountable people, what are we going to do? We can't, vote them out to, we can't vote them out of office because they're not elected. We, the legislature doesn't want to go on record firing the doctor who's been the head of it for 20 years. So what's, he's not doing his job, though. Right, but at the same time, he's doing great work everywhere else. So they don't want to fire him. I don't hate the guy. I don't even know who he is. Right, and, so. and 90% of citizens don't know who he is. If you read head of health department fired, you would think that there was this huge scandal. And you'd think, oh, incompetent conservative leadership can't pick a doctor to run a health department. And then, yeah, and then to fire a guy over because he doesn't want to you know, do the dope thing. Like, right. I get it. And that's the problem. The problem who is, is I don't know. know. We don't know who he is. I don't, well, it's, I don't know if it's the head of the health department. I don't know if it's the head of that specific program. I don't know if it's the head of licensing. I but, don't it's wanna, in, but it's at the health department's hands right now. And yes, some person at the health department is dragging their feet like nobody's business. Okay. So let's, let's say, let's, let's jump away from that for a minute. So in, in November, we step up and we vote for weed. Yep. Or, you know, the, the recreational, recreational marijuana. marijuana. Yep. We step up, we vote in November. How long before I can stand outside and smoke a joint? So there's two timelines. There's the timeline for the sealing of records, and there's the timeline for simple possession. So simple possession, simple distribution, simple manufacture, simple sale will be effective as of December 7th or 8th. Um, it depends on how literally you want to take 30 days. It would have to be exactly 30 days after the election is what they have. So we can argue whether or not it takes effect at the end of the 30th day and start of the 31st day. So a little bit of debate there. December 7th or 8th is the correct answer. And what that means is you would be able to possess an unlimited amount. You would be able to sell an unlimited amount, manufacture, distribute, etc. If you wanted to open a, and you would have to pay sales tax on it okay. if you did sell it. Um, and that is in Grand Forks, I want to say 6.75%. Don't quote So me are we going to get to a point where we're regulated like California, where all weed is regulated? No, like, ideally no. Whatever. So what our bill does is it's basically no regulation, true free market. It is simultaneously the most conservative from a government side and a very liberal bill, which is weird when you combine the two. In comparison to other states, what is yeah. it like? Like compared to California, what will so I have laws? So we don't have grow limits, which California does. We don't have permitting. I'm, I'm over here giving a thumbs up. I like the no grow limits. We don't have awesome. permitting like California does. We don't have a licensing board like California does. We don't have mandatory testing like California does. 
Um, and there's some reasons for that. Because the second that we do that, well, who does it have to go to? Bang, out to the health department. Four years later, you don't have it. Yeah. Um, this was designed in such a way that it does not require a single government agency beyond the tax collection agency to get involved. So was this recreational push? Was it like a, what do you want to say, like revenge for them not doing the medical thing? No, it, it was, they don't want I've to... I've heard that before, though. Like, people are like, well, they're not going to do medical. We spoke. Well, we're going to fucking throw this recreational shit at them and see what they think of that. <laughs> what, and... what, what, what I'm basically saying is, you don't want to regulate it? Fine. Let's not regulate it. That would have made sense, man. Everybody would have been okay with medical <laughs> marijuana, but they were just like, nah, we're not yeah. going to do it because we're from North and, Dakota. And the reality is... I am fundamentally against licensing and permits from my own politics because what they create is a monopoly and they mandate, um, they create restrictions to the market and they drive the price out of control. So, for example, a cosmetologist. Do you know how much it costs to become a hair cutter in North Dakota? Not a lot, I'm sure. Um, tell me what you think it costs. To go to, like, it's a one year school, I'm guessing. Cosmetology school, probably a one year school. Eight, I wouldn't pay more eight grand. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> Seriously, see, I'm dumb. Man. I don't know. Try doubling that. I'm not dumb. I shouldn't say I'm dumb. Ever. Yeah, I feel like I'm logical. Try, try doubling that. So twelve grand. No. What did I say? Eight. See. Try sixteen. Still no. Why it's, don't you fucking help me out? It's, tw it's twenty-two. Don't be a bone man. Don't 20, make me guess 20, shit that I don't want to guess. Twenty to twenty-two thousand is what gotcha. it costs to become a hair cutter in this state. What? I'm not, what? So how because of the licensing and permitting. It's oh, about, the licensing and permitting. Yeah. Yep. And because of that, the school can basically charge time. whatever it wants. I didn't know where we were going with that. And that's the problem. Um, and that source is from um, a friend of mine. He owns multiple hair cutteries. Um, if you're in Fargo, MJ Capelli's. I know the owner, great guy. And he says that those cosmetologists come out of school and he has to retrain them from the ground up anyway. Um, and he says that what the licensing has done is created a racket where they can extort money from these kids and they can't do their job. And what marijuana licensing, look, look at the medical law. There will be one dispensary in Grand Forks under medical, which means that if you want marijuana for medical purposes, you have to go to that one place. And this is where monopolies kill you. And that one place will buy its marijuana grown from one of two places. So you can complain all you want. The product will never change because it can't change. And the price won't change because you will literally have to drive 100 miles to go get it somewhere else. That shit is so cheap in California, though, compared yeah. to like what you pay here. I'm not sure what you pay here because I don't smoke. So, um, so the all I know is the official prices in Colorado per pound. Um, the official wholesale price is one thousand dollars per pound. Really? That's the official price. To get a pound on the street here is probably like five grand, probably less. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know either. Nobody knows. <laughs> I don't know. So, <laughs> um, all I know is in Cal in Colorado wholesale it's a thousand a pound. Retail it's probably about two thousand. Um, so prices will fall. Okay. Um, sorry, I want to finish the no, medical yeah, yeah, tangent. No, you tell me. You tell so, me what you want to talk about. The long, the long story on the medical tangent that we went on is the reason that recreational doesn't have licensing and permitting is it allows true free markets so that you don't see six, $7,000 pounds at the recreational dispensary so that you just have the black market all over again. Because if you make it unable to be gotten on the white market, white market a term for the legal market, you create a black market. And if you make it too expensive, you create Bootlegging. a black market. Yeah. Bootlegging. It's like selling Lucy's in New York. I couldn't wait to get fucking get a grow a bunch of weed out here, put it in the back of my fast car, and try to outrun the cops. Yeah, Bootleg. and that's just reality. And under our rules, you'll generate in tax revenue about thirty thousand dollars for every acre a farmer plants of it. So that was the reason we didn't have a plant grow limit. It didn't make sense because in, two and a half acres that everybody can't yeah, grow shit on this land. In, Co in Colorado, the limit is like eighty, hundred plants. Do you really want to drive up to a farmer in North Dakota and tell him you can plant hundred seeds? I don't. Did you know there's a hemp field? Okay. Yeah, I, I know where it is. Wow. I, I know who. I know. The, I train MMA with uh, with the, 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 the 
her her son trains MMA with me. Yeah, I know who the person. I know who the person is. That's awesome. Though. <laughs> um, That's great. They know who I am too. Hemp is a hell of a product, man. They're don't know they're a little bit it. not happy with me because we do open up the hemp market, so anyone will be able to grow hemp. Ooh. So they're a little bit they upset. They got a corner. Yeah, they're a little they bit. They got upset. a fucking head start. They'll be okay. Yeah, they'll be okay. I'll talk to I'll talk to him about it and see what he says, uh, my buddy. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know why we're not, we're not throwing her name out there, but whatever. Well, because at the end of the day, you, you don't... I don't throw a lot of names around. I'll throw out some first names here and there, but I don't throw yeah. out a lot of names because I don't like to talk about somebody. Yeah, without them being here. here. Yeah, you it's know just like, like... We I know can who talk it... shit about a lot of motherfuckers, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But I don't... <laughs> yeah. Well, we can we're talk good. shit about everybody, but once you start talking it. shit about one person, they talk shit if about you. you got a problem with me, sit down like you're doing, and we can sit here and talk yeah. about it. That'd be awesome. My general rule is don't say anything that you haven't already said to their face. when I argue with people, they think I'm going to beat them up. <laughs> I've gotten that a couple times when people at work when I get in like a work fight and like they're just like dude I know you just beat me up I'm well, like that's you're, you're fucking friend man that's I'm cause you're cut <laughs> I'm tiny but I will fucking chew your ear off um, <laughs> no man I'm not a fighter I don't ever I like it makes it breaks my breaks my heart when one of my friends is like you can kick my ass Dave I'm like no but like, like I we, could but when we get in fights man I get you can ask my girlfriend I get passionate I get loud and I come across really aggressive so there's something I wanted to finish. We could wrap up on, and now we just kind of kept going past it. By the way, my call just got delayed till four, so I have forever. Oh. <laughs> federally, what's going on federally? Like, what? I know you're working so, the state and stuff. So, what happens? What is going on federally, and when do you think it'll be legal? Um, just to get this out there real quick, I heard a rumor—not the rumor, but it almost makes sense that Trump's going to use it as his 2020, a big push in 2020 to get reelected. I, I don't. Not see that I don't think he needs it. I don't see that. Mississippi, Texas, Alabama, Georgia. Do I need to keep listing? Um, because the state will still be in charge if they do federally. The problem is if you go. make it federally legal, you're going to recreate the quote-unquote abortion problem. And I don't think it was a problem, but you're going to recreate that problem. And what the abortion problem always was, was it was, let's say you lived in Alabama, okay, which had basically no clinics open at the time. Well, you could drive to New York. Okay, and it's not a horribly long drive. It's not an easy drive, twenty-hour drive roughly. Okay, well, let's be more fair because I'll. You're talking about for an abortion. Yeah. People back fucking in, fly to Mexico for butt implants, man. Ba- back in somebody's gonna drive. It's not a big. Yeah, I get it. Back in the day, you could. It, it was about two days drive, and you could get the abortion and come back to Alabama. Well, in Alabama, you'd broken the law, but since you hadn't broken a federal law, they couldn't prosecute you. And so the same thing is going to happen with marijuana. The problem is going to be that the second you cross state lines, they can't prosecute you anymore. So you're going to be able to go for a weekend and use it, and you're just going to create the problem that they want. Because they say states' rights, but the people that are against this are not, well, let's just do it federally. Or, well, it, let's leave it up to the states. The people kind of who, con- you're confusing me. So if it, if it goes federally, what do they call it? Decriminalize? Uh, there's two different things. Decriminalize would be you pay a fine like a parking ticket. Got it. Legalize would be straight legal. Tickets. Decriminalize means you get a ticket to just ain't a criminal offense. You don't yeah. go to jail. Yeah, no it. record, no jail, a fine. The problem is the people that are against this hide behind states' rights, but they really don't want it legal at all. When people say let's leave it up to the states, that, that's usually code for... I don't want it in my state. It'll never be legal in Texas. Yeah, that, that's, what, that's what they're saying, right? Yeah, yeah. and that, that's really what it is. So when they do, let's say when the government does go, all right, decriminalized. Then every single state's going to have to create their own schedule, redo their own schedules, and some states will have to actually add it to their penal code because some states don't have it illegal. that They just prosecute you under federal law. Um, 
I want to say so Mississippi. Federal is like more of a fucking way bigger felony. It's, yeah, yeah, but it's federal like is big... felonies. So if you get arrested in North Dakota, you usually don't get a felony. You usually get tried in state court. On under an ounce is misdemeanor. Yeah, and even at a couple ounces, you usually still don't get tried in federal court. You get tried in state court. I know a woman in Fargo who got busted with ten pounds of pot, and ended up getting her her and her husband got a combined sentence of less than a year, because they were tried in state court, not federal court. How are North Dakota laws compared to other states when it comes to weed? On paper and practice. Let's say... On paper, they're very strict. On paper, yeah. In practice, they're not. Um, in pra- My girlfriend works for the county jail. I know a lot of people in law enforcement. I work part-time at juvenile detention, so I'm like, I'm kind of attached to the system sometimes. Yeah. And you just see, like, weed violate or weed offenses are just going down and down and Com- down. Like. Compared to what they could do, they are not enforcing the law as it's written on the books. They're not giving people maximums. I have cop friends, I'm telling you, that tell me, like, hey, man, unless you're fucking, I pull you over and you're smoking a joint in front of me, like, I really don't, they're not out there looking, they're trying to get right. pills and heroin off the street right, right. Now. They got bigger, as I like to say, they got bigger problems. For sure. Because in this country now, we only solve about 51 to 53% of all violent crime, which means that 47% of the time, violent crime doesn't get solved. Um, assault has a solve rate of less than 50%. If you're assaulted, there's a coin flip whether or not you're the person that beat you up will ever see punishment. And so the cops are like, you know, I really I don't... need to beat more people up. <laughs> well, kidding. the cops are really like, I don't want to go bust the weed guy when I got to catch the guy who punched and gave a girl a black eye and is in Lord knows where. Well, that's like I, I drove Uber for a while and I was speeding in and out of downtown, taking people, getting them home. And cops, they, I don't know, they knew my car. I had a little light in the window, too. And so they just didn't bother me. They had other shit to worry about. Yeah, all the drunks. Drunks fighting. Dude, I have seen so many fights in front of Joe Blacks doing Uber. If I can get a front row seat, like in between rides, if I can park there and just people watch, it is the best night my, of my I almost thought about clocking off of Uber and just starting a YouTube channel. My preferred uh, my preferred parking spot is at the Frog. In I that little the, side lot yeah, by yeah. the Frog, no one ever parks I watched there. a bouncer get knocked out right in front of Joe Blacks one night. Out cold. Oh, is it the one I'm thinking of? The long with the one with the curly hair? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, you're about. those guys were kind of overstepping their bounds a little bit, and I don't know what the deal or like with all that is, but like they, they're in the street like fighting people. Some of the bouncers were, and it's like keep your ass behind the door, you know, throw them out yeah. in the street, and then they get the cops got to deal with them then. Yeah, it's it's not. But they're out in the streets like trying to fight people. It was getting it was yeah. getting crazy. The shit I saw doing Uber was a lot of fun. I know that there used to be one bouncer at uh, O'Reilly's who no one would step to, named Matt. Because he was like, Matt, I pretty, I dude, we used to in my twenties, we frequented Gillies, and how long have you been here? I've been here six years. Six years. So you got here in twelve. Yeah, roughly. Okay. Um, I started. I was old enough to start going to the bars in thirteen. I got here in 05. but I was in and out with the military. I went overseas yeah. a bunch. I uh, was stationed in Turkey for fifteen months. Y- you know the big dude, like taller than me and broader than me in oh, the shoulders. Taller than me, man. Well, taller than me, me. Um, I think I know what you're talking about. I'm almost positive I know you're Who's like, he does martial arts in town, helped found a dojo in town. Matt. His name's Matt, for real? Yeah, his name is Matt, and his last name is hard to pronounce. He does metal work now, um, of all things. The point being, um, he was very well trained in martial arts. And I don't he, know if I know this guy. He, he knew... Not like MMA stuff. Like no, like, You're talking like the kung fu stuff. Like, yeah, that's That you like to do. You know, like, you don't want to talk about kung fu. I love yeah. martial arts, man. I love all martial arts. I like them to the fact where... I don't care, like, people joke... They joke about Taekwondo, right? Well, yeah. Taekwondo can work. They Taekwondo have good kickers and other things like that, but it's more for the discipline 
the self-defense. They're, they're not training you to beat people. They're no, training you to, to really defend yourself till the cops arrive. For sure. For sure, man. And I've been in some fights that I was just trying to control situations and stuff. And it just it never works out right anyway, though. I had a yeah. cop tell me. I wasn't drunk. I was a DD a long time ago. And uh, I told this story in my podcast. A little, there's a little dude with a Cavaliers, like a Cavalier, no, it was Laramore, Laramore basketball jersey on, little white dude, and there's this huge, um, I don't know, he looked Arabic or whatever, like, I don't know what he huge was. Huge not white dude. Huge not white dude, like, wanted to fight him, and the guy wanted nothing to do with him, and he's pushing him around, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, the guy don't want to fight you, leave him alone, I'm like, he goes, do you want to fight me? And he comes charging at me. Not particularly. trips over the curb and face plants right in the street right in front of me. And I just like stepped around him and I go, okay, whatever. And then, and then all of a sudden the cops came around the corner. And the cop that I was talking to was a piece of shit asshole that didn't want to hear anything I had to say. But I say that when I go back and look at it from a cop's point of view, when I was a cop and you're standing there in front of me and I think you're drunk, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. At that time, like I don't want to sit and try to figure out what drunk is right and what drunk is wrong. Yeah, it's throw them both in the tank and we'll figure it out tomorrow so morning. He was really rude to me, and I it's 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 whatever, you know. And I was like, well, I'm in the military, and I don't know why I threw that card out there. People do that shit all the time. Oh, I'm a cop in the military. Mm, don't throw that shit around. But anyway, we'll get all the way back to we see we came all the way around. <laughs> so you're just saying fe- making it federally legal way more difficult. Um, I think it will happen. I think it will happen once you have enough states with high population do it. Because right now, if you look at the states where it's legal, it's mostly liberals. It's mostly blue states. Um, California, Colorado is... We're weird, though, right? California, Colorado, um, Alaska is fairly legal, although it is red. What made us weird? Why, why are we ahead of the, the other ones? We're ahead of the curve because of what's called citizens-initiated ballot referendum, which is a bunch of word garbage code for, I can write a law and submit it to the legislature, and y'all get to vote on it. So we sidestepped the whole age problem. Remember how I said you have to start as a city councilman, then you work your way up to a state legislator? Well, we've kind of gone around that, and I've just gotten some attorneys and me to write the bill, and we're saying, you know what, people of North Dakota, do you want to vote on this? And that's why we had to collect so many damn signatures. Why do you need you need signatures, though, to get it done? Oh, yeah, well, we got we got that done. I suppose I know that. So I wanted you on. We had to have 2% of the population sign the petition to get it to the ballot, and everyone who signed it to be over 18. So is it for sure in November getting voting on? Or we not know yet? De facto, yes. De jure, Al Yeager has to send me a little postcard. So somebody could stomp our dick in the dirt. Not really. Um, so the rules typically are, the North, the state of North Dakota typically throws out anywhere from 3 to 5% of the number of signatures you gather. Um, and I'm not that great at math, but let me tell you, 19,000 versus 13,000, that ain't a 5% difference. Um realistically, Jaeger could probably throw out a 1,000 signatures. So we'd go from submitting 18,700 to 17,700. We needed 13,500. We had such a buffer that unless they threw out an unprecedented number of signatures, we make it. We had a 39.4% buffer. Is that something you're scared they'll try to do just because, like, oh, we don't want this shit going. We don't want people voting on this. I don't think Al Jaeger really – Al Jaeger's in a re-election year. That's reality. And Al Yeager is facing a strong Democrat incumbent. Have you seen the polls already? It's like 80%. But that's just that's in our little well, cir- that's in the circles of but, pop people. But what I'm saying is Al Yeager, who's running for re-election, is facing a strong Democrat challenger. And Al Yeager wasn't even endorsed by the Republicans. So Al Yeager is a man without a party. The last thing he wants to do is piss off potentially, let's say, half of all people who voted for medical voted will vote for REC. I think it's much more. But let's imagine a worst-case scenario where we lose bad because that would put us at 32 percent which is not reality i want to make that clear that's not reality that would still mean that by al yeager messing with us 
he just lost 32% of the vote to Josh Bache. He can't afford that right now. He doesn't have the GOP backing him and funneling money into him. This isn't going to be a Marvin Nelson versus uh, Doug Burgum race where Doug wins by 60 points. I know nothing about North Dakota politics. Doug Burgum beat Marvin Nelson 80% of the vote to 20% of the vote. Because for a long time, I'm from South Dakota, so I'm like, I don't fucking North Dakota. I'm, but now this is where I am. This is where I'm at, where I'm putting roots down. And I, I want to look into it more. Like, yeah. where, where can I go or what can I do to become, like, a local politician? Do you have to have certain criteria or do you just have to have a voice? Uh, in order to run for office, you need to be over 18 and not in a state-mandated mental facility or a state-mandated prison. Shit. And since you're not in an insane asylum... Outpatient treatment? Uh, no, okay? state-mandated facility. I'm just fucking with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're so serious sometimes. Well, like, I have to answer you, that because... Oh, I know. Because yeah, when yeah. people were... So, for example, we had to collect signatures, and we had people at a nursing home. And we had to ask, are you here of your own will, or are you here by order of the state? Because if they're there by order of the state, they're no longer deemed mentally fit, and therefore they can't sign. But if they're there of their own free will... They could sign. And, for example, people are like, well, I'm a felon. I, I can't sign that. I'm like, yes. Are you in a halfway house? A little closer to the mic. Oh, sorry. I mean, I, are, I think we're okay. I mean, are you in a halfway house was the question I'd ask. too them. comfortable, Dave, on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing what you said, right? <laughs> no, that's what we need to be. I think the best is when we're comfortable just chatting, yeah. and that's what we're doing. And right? once they said, no, I'm not in a halfway house, no, I'm not in a state-mandated facility, you can sign the petition because you can vote. Most people in the state don't know that felons can vote. We're one of the few states where you can Vote as a felon. Use that right. So where can people go to find the dude? You fucking blowing my mind right now with so much um, information. Like I'm overloaded. Like where can where can people go? Where's to the best figure place to out go how to, to vote. Um, to wait to figure out how to vote, where to vote. Like that's the big thing now, right? November. Yep, November sixth. I want to say, uh, get out your calendar. It's the first. It's Do people the, have to? Uh, first, talking. it's the first Tuesday in November. I think. It's either the first or second Tuesday. Um, he's getting to the calendar. First Tuesday, it should say election oh, day on it. The it's the sixth then is when you can vote. First Tuesday in November, folks, is when you can vote. Do we have to do like register voting? No, North Dakota does not have voter registration. I saw some online thing to do it online today, and it took me to some site, and I'm sitting there like, they're about no. to take my motherfucking information. North Dakota does not have mandatory voter registration. What you will need when you go to the polls. And I already knew this, though, but that, is, the reason I asked you right now is because of that thing I saw today. Yeah. That's why yeah, I'm I like, I mean, I they should bring that up because. So in order to vote, what you need is you need. A driver's license or a government-issued photo ID that proves that you are over the age of 18 and have a North Dakota address. It doesn't even have to be your current address, to be honest with you. The license just can't be expired. Um, and so what you do is you can go online to the Secretary of State's website, and they'll have an election home, and you'll click, where do I vote? And you'll type in your address, and it'll tell you you're in precinct, blah, 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 you vote at this address. Um, they haven't updated all of them yet. Generally, if you're in town and you're around the university, you'll vote at the Alaris Center, um, although that is not true for everyone. Um, some people vote at the Wellness Center. Um, we voted at a church downtown last time by the mission. Yep. We lived on Cottonwood when we were in town. So. But it really depends where you live in town. I know where I vote. I vote at the Wellness Center because of where I live in town. Um, but just pull it up online, and if you want to know who your local reps are, just use Facebook. I can probably give you a general clue who they are. It's either Corey Mock, Jake Blum... Um, Kurt Kruin, Emily O'Brien, there's a couple others. But online will tell you who it is. 
what if I want to become a voice for this? Like, what if I want to become like a local, be like a local politician? Is that what they are? Do I just start going to like the local meetings and so, see what people talk about? First off, you got to decide, do you want to run with a party? Yes or no? Fuck no. Okay, then all you've got to do is, depends what race. Let's say you're running for city council because it's nonpartisan. It's probably the easiest thing to get on. I don't know if you're technically within city limits. Let's assume you are for the sake of this argument. The school district's Mackinac. Not Mackinac. A school district for us is Manville. Mackinac, if you're but right. I'm not, like half a mile over. I'm not sure so. if you're legally still in Grand Forks. Um, Our address is Grand Forks. Then you probably are, but let's assume you are for the sake of argument. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, what you would do is you would figure out what district you are for the city council, and you would have to collect approximately 100 signatures that say, hey, we want Dave blah, blah, blah on the ballot. And then I wouldn't try to say my last name either. And then what you got to do, yeah. <laughs> You're good, man. I'm just with you. And then what you would, it's like Helmbrecht. 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 That's how Grandma Arliss said it. So other, some people say Helmbrecht with no T. Helmbrecht. All That's right. how Grandma said it, so fuck it. Grandma knows better than everybody else, Yeah, right? gra- yeah. As, far as, as far as I'm concerned, Grandma's right. It's your own damn name. <laughs> her name longer than it was mine, so. Um, so what you would do is you get your 100 signatures. You would submit them to some election authority. It might be the Secretary of State. Every city does it differently. And they would say, yep, Dave, you got enough. I would recommend you get 150 because they're going to validate them, and they will check by hand every single one of them because it's enough that it's easy. And they'll say, yep, Dave, you got enough. You're on the ballot. And then what you'll do is you will knock on, if you really care, you would get a little program, and you'd look on Google Maps, and you'd mark every house, and you'd knock on every little door and say, hey, I'm Dave. Here's what I'm running on. You'd have some literature, some that yard like signs. like some 90s shit, man. Like, it's 20, 2018. Like, I shouldn't have to, you shouldn't be going door-to-door anymore, right? Door-to-door is the best way to do For things. For sure. Because think about it. Are, are you going to care about the guy who couldn't take enough time out of his day to knock on your door if he wants to represent you? For sure, man. That's how you, you win. Everybody. I was playing devil's advocate there for a minute. You knock on doors because the reality is... How else can you do a techno like add everybody add everybody in your group on Facebook and have a uh, Facebook group? I mean, you could. Um, I guarantee there's a lot of people that live out here that aren't on Facebook. Oh, I guarantee it. A certain age limit, I'm sure, aren't on Facebook. I don't know. There's a lot of old people on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook's throwing their, weird. Facebook's weird. I'm addicted again, like bad. Yeah. I admit it. Like I quit it. I quit Facebook for almost a year and a half, and then I started my own. Uh, well, you had that Facebook in because of the podcast. That too, but I actually did it for my jujitsu. Uh, I sort of sp- spider monkey grappling. I've actually never talked about it on my podcast. So spider monkey grappling is me branding my training style of jujitsu and grappling, and I've done some MMA, and I I love to teach it. I love to get people involved in it. It's changed my life, you know, or whatever. So it'll change yours too for the low low rate of nine ninety five a month. <laughs> but I never charge anybody though. If you want to come to Map Fitness tomorrow, I will freaking show you. I'll I'll sit down with you and teach you how to defend yourself for free. I believe you. I was I was making a joke. No, but eventually, <laughs> the reason I started it, like I was saying, though, eventually, if you're good at something, don't do it for free, like yeah. the Joker says, right? Yeah. So eventually, I'd like to become a class, and maybe I could make a little income on the side, or do be compensated yeah. for all the time and I put into it. You yeah, know I mean? it's. But I don't do it for that either. So you can sit here and sit and talk like I do it for I don't do any of it for the money. I've never fought yeah. for the money. I've done ne- all never, martial art. I've done it all to try to I want to teach other people. As so a general much. rule, never do anything for the money and you'll never and you'll never uh, feel like you worked a minute. I'm not doing this for the money. I'll do yeah. this until I have one listener left. I don't yeah. even care. Uh, can I put some coin in my pocket in the meantime? Sure. Let's try it. You but know what I mean? Never but do I'm it just, for the money. I'm just trying to be a voice right now. I'm just trying to... I'm just now getting back into politics. Like no, I, I get it, dude. And it was like, fuck, who cares? My, how I looked at it was... This side's bad, that what, side's bad, they're no, all bad. What can little Dave Helmbrecht do? I mean, what can I do as so, a single person? Let, let, me, let me tell you what you can do as a single person. So, let's assume you knocked doors and you knocked 30 doors an hour. Once a week. 
for five hours, all right? That means that you would reach 150 people a week. And that doesn't sound like a lot until you start doing some mental arithmetic. If you did that for 10 weeks, you'd reach 1,000 people. If you did that for a year, you'd reach about five to 6,000 people. And all those people would have family, presumably, who they'd talk about, because it's going to come up at the dinner table, hey, this asshole knocked on my door. Um, Very true. So now you're reaching about 10,000 people. Well, what is 10,000 people in the state of North Dakota? That's a lot. It's about 2% of the population that votes. So one person over a year who's dedicated can reach 2% of the voting population of this state. And we're very privileged to live in a state where that's the reality. Because in uh, New York City, that ain't the case. There's 50 million people in the New York metro area. You're, one guy isn't going to be able to do that much. But, sure. in, but in North Dakota, one person can literally reach 2 to 3% of the people who vote every single year. I like that we don't have fucking huge cities and tons of people. Living. And the reality is, most people don't realize that. Like, we had 100-plus volunteers, yes. And the average volunteer didn't do that much. The average volunteer did, what, 40, 50 signatures? Somewhere in there. So um, something. And at the end of the day, when that all added up and when the numbers got counted, we had 19,000 signatures. Where? And what that means is they made a difference. Because I couldn't have done it alone. We had a bunch of people who worked hard, and they got it done. Who they are those got people? That's, we can close on this. Like, who who do you want to thank right now? I've added this Becky Ugh. chick. She's all about it. Oh, God. Um, so let's start with our city coordinators, because there were three city coordinators um, in three big cities, or technically four. Dwayne Hendrickson. Um, these guys are from where? Dwayne Hendrickson is Minot. Eric Sr., who is from Bismarck. People think he's my dad. He's not. Who is um, he? Eric Owen Sr.? Yeah. The big heavy guy in the photo? Yeah, yeah. No, I, know who, I know who he is. Who is he to you? I uh, figured you're related somehow. No, he's know. just a friend. We're not related at all. Okay. Um, Becky and Brandon Moose of Fargo and John Bjorglund of Grand Forks. Those were the four city heads and then there was me who was... Would any of them be willing to come on and talk to me, you think? Um, I don't know. I can ask him, I guess. You gotta ask. Um, I, I have a feeling <laughs> I the guy... you covered most of the shit when it comes to this pro week. I have a feeling the guy from Bismarck probably not, my not probably not, but shit, I know... Dustin's always available That's to do awesome, shit. Man. And then what? we had our rural coordinator, which was Dustin Pyre. And then I want to thank everybody else real quick. This is going to be a laundry list, and I'm no, going to go, miss people. Go ahead, go ahead. Keaton, Taylor Jr., um, Haley Riley, um, Katie from Grand Forks, Roland Reimers, Marty Risky, Eric Olson, Darius Anders, Frank Anderson, Frank's wife, who let him go out once a week and petition for like four hours and lost her husband for... Lord knows how long. Ryan Loeb, um, who did it in Bismarck, our various business partners. Um, Dustin Pyre, his wife Ashley Pyre. Um, Tom in town. Um, and I am missing people. For sure, man. There's so many people. The Mooses, M-O-O-S. Um, not Becky and Brandon. The Mooses. Um, all the kids of these people who lost their mom and pop once a week as they knocked doors. Um, all y'all... Deserve all sorts of accolades. Um, even people like our t-shirt provider. Um, and we do have t-shirts, but they're hard to get. Really? Um, yeah, we did a very limited print run. Um, I still have some. <laughs> I have two. <laughs> you have to give me one. You have to give me one. Uh, sure. it's, it's a triple X. Dang, man. I wear mediums. So. Well, they were printed in like... Extra medium. Let's get that right. I, get, I have special order t-shirts. They were printed in what I call China sizes, which is like a triple X is small on me. <laughs> um... And Josh Dreyer, whose wife was 
literally having thyroid cancer and he was still running our campaign. Um, Cole Heyman, all sorts of people. But that's awesome, though. Yeah, a lot of people who put in a lot of work. So what do people do now then? So what are we? You know, we are in. We're in. So. We're in a little bit of a lull. Um, to be honest with you, because keep passing along the word. Keep, keep, keep passing. Al- keep passing along the word. Keep trying to do radio and all that, but. We are at the point where we are trying to do a big fundraising push for August 15th. Because um, August 15th is when we will be approved by Al Yeager. Yeah, your name. Okay. And if people want to donate, they can go on LegalizeND.com. We have all sorts of different donation options for your viewing pleasure. <laughs> I'll make sure when I put this up, I'll put all the links. And all yeah, LegalizeND.com has the donation link. All of the money right now is going to education and outreach. We are trying to raise enough money so that we have the ability to do printing, signs, TV, and radio. Um, we do have professionals going after big donors. Um, and basically, right now, it's just tell your friends, say, hey, marijuana's going to be on the ballot. Tell them how to vote. Most people don't know that if you've got friends who are felons, tell them that they can vote. If you've got friends who are against it, still tell them what we're doing. I have a guy at work who told me that. Dre, he's like, I can't vote, I have a felony. So I'm going to have Dre is wrong. Um, all <laughs> individuals people. over the age of 18 in this state who are citizens of the United States and residents of North Dakota can vote so long as one of the following does not apply. One, they're um, in a state-mandated facility for a crime, which is code for prison. Two, they have been deemed mentally unfit by the state. Yep. They're the only two types of people that can't vote who are over 18 and a U.S. citizen. So people that get their ass out and vote. Yeah. Um, we're going to be doing our best. We're going to be starting door knocking. I'm going to be having squads literally knocking every door and forks. Well, stay in touch with me and let me know what I can do too. I'm excited yeah. to be a part, like help you guys out. I'm excited to get my voice out there. And, yeah, and yeah, I'm a big pro weed guy, so I, I got your guys' back for sure. And that's just the thing. Just tell everyone what we're doing and tell them that's gonna be a thing. You'd be amazed how many people I meet who don't know this is a thing. I convince a lot of people that weed isn't bad. Like, no, I mean who like, don't even know that's gonna be on the ballot. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, don't get me <laughs> wrong. I yeah, seriously, like so many people don't know, and it's like a it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a huge deal. And we're just trying to do our best to canvas and grow and. Tell everyone what we're about. And the one thing that we didn't get to touch on that I want to touch on before I leave the Go show. Ahead, man. The sealing of records is huge. Because our bill is unique in the fact that it's going to be one of the first bills to ever seal records from the start. And let's be clear what it's not. We don't let anybody leave prison early. We don't muddle with pending cases. I meant to ask about that earlier. But once you're out of jail for 30 days and you don't get reconvicted. So as long as you go 30 days from your release date to not getting another crime, your record will be sealed. So long as you did not deal to children and you didn't deal to people under 21, um, your record will be sealed. If you had possession under the age of 21, you're going to have to file an appeal. Um, but generally speaking, I think the courts will seal those records too. And what does that really mean? Well, that means that the person who can't get a job because they have to say, yeah, I'm an I'm a, I'm a X, I'm a Y, um, will now be able to get a job. They'll be able to start contributing. Uh, student loans are a big one. They'll be able to get student loans again through the Bank of North Dakota. It's going to save a lot of money, like a, a lot of money in all sorts of areas I knew nothing and, about. And it's not even just going to save money. What it's going to do is it's going to take people who are forced to be a faucet, to be a drain and let them be a faucet. And let me be clear what I mean by that. A, a drain is someone who takes resources away from society. And we've got a lot of unwilling drains. Because, like, I got a felony. I, I can barely get a job at the McDonald's. And at the end of the day, with a felony, they're right. That's all they're really going to be able to achieve. But he wants a better job. But, but he. Can't. But not only does back. he. Not only does he want a better job. He wants to contribute to society. So let's let him contribute. He didn't hurt nobody. He's not violent. Let him get his education. Let him do what he wants to do and contribute to society. Let him be what he wants to be. Because I don't know a single person in this state who's happy being a drain. Most people want to be faucets. Let's let them be faucets. I can't wait to get back to work, bro. <laughs> Losing my mind here. Yeah. 
Dave Owens, thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me, dude. Brother, I really do appreciate it. We'll shake. We're gonna walk you out of here. We'll hang out oh. for a little bit, but uh, yeah. made made Dave Cast history, brother. So yeah, thanks, thanks for being on, man. The Dave brothers, all the Dave. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all, I, I made a joke earlier. I'm like, I'm only gonna have Daves on the Dave Cast. I gotta find <laughs> some other Daves, but you're famous to me, brother. I appreciate you. I, everybody, a lot of people appreciate what you're doing, and thanks. Yeah, I've me. had people like reach out to me from like who I went to high school with, who are in California now. Like, dude, saw what you're doing. Keep up the good work. You're doing awesome, brother. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Later.